G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, Matt Niles has been in the US for the last little while and picking up great insights into developments that have been happening in the US, no doubt around a lot of issues, but certainly the pro-life issue. Matt Niles is on the line with us from Washington, D.C. this morning. Martin, a special welcome along. Yeah, Neil, good to be with you as usual. Hey, you've been in the US just over a week or so, and you're there a little longer, and it looks like you might be forced to have a, a bit of a, a rest when you come back because you'll, you'll fit the government's criteria of needing to self-isolate when you return to Australia, won't you? Uh, yeah, I will. So uh, I, I had thought maybe I'd get a, a two-week holiday, but my team have helpfully reminded me that uh, there is such a thing as video conferencing, uh, and my mobile phone will still be on. <laughs> but uh, so I won't get away with uh, not doing any work. But yeah, the situation sort of has um, deteriorated rapidly. Sort of in the time that I've been over here, there wasn't much going on when I first came. I've been here uh, a couple of weeks, actually, and, uh, well, now I'm I'm in a situation where uh, uh, things have got a lot worse a lot quicker, but, uh, look, I'm, I'm pretty safe, and uh, I'll just abide by the government's requirements, and uh, all will be well, I'm sure. Yes. Now, you're in the U.S., you're in Washington, D.C. It is the seat of power for the United States, uh, one of the or the most powerful place in the world. And one of the biggest issues uh, you've been gleaning some insights about is some of the secrets of the pro-life movement's success in the USA. Uh, Let us in on a few of the things that have been happening there and the sorts of things you've been learning. Well, yeah, you're quite right. uh, I always say to people, there's a lot of people in America doing all of the things we're doing, only doing them better. And uh, that's true. You come here for the best of the best, the people that understand uh, how to lobby in politics, people understand how to raise grassroots movement, movements, people who have the best research and all of these things. You know, we're indebted to the Americans for so many exports to us, uh, including uh, their expertise around these issues. So I come over here once a year uh, and meet up with contacts and so forth. But, you know, um, there's a story to be told uh, in America uh, at the moment, which I think uh, is instructive for us in Australia. And you say, Neil, rightly, it's it's around the pro-life movement. I think a lot of us look at the American situation. We see the success of the March for Life, for example. We see that Donald Trump has become the first sitting president to go and address that march, even though there have been pro-life presidents in the past. Uh, And also there have been dozens and dozens of of, uh, advancements legislatively on the pro-life cause in the United States and also a lot of pro-life judges appointed, including to the Supreme Court, to the extent that people are now saying, well, the Supreme Court rulings that legalise abortion across the nation in America will not survive over the next few years. The new rulings will come down uh, because of judges uh, who are pro-life. And You know, we look at that and we think, oh, well, only in America. And, um, you know, I'm encouraged while I'm over here to see that, you know, this could be the Australian story as well. Um, Donald Trump 
is certainly, I think Franklin Graham has described him as the most pro-life president ever. And he's certainly done an awful lot for the pro-life cause. But it's not just because Donald Trump might be an unusually pro-life person. I think we all know instinctively that that's not necessarily true. Something else has happened in the background. And what has happened is that a number of organizations over here have got busy and they've been very, very skillful at prosecuting the pro-life cause in the public square, but also reaching uh, the hearts and minds of ordinary Americans and training them and teaching them and, uh, and transforming the way they think about the pro-life issue. I talked to one organization where they go out into electorates right across the country and they knock on doors and they put materials in letterboxes. And then they, see, they then uh, do uh, the data on that electorate and they find out that because they went in there and educated the people before an election about the life issue, the people in that electorate voted for pro-life candidates. And they've gone in to see the president and they've gone in to see politicians and they've presented them with these findings. And you can imagine if there's votes in it, the politicians get right behind them. And so Donald Trump is a pro-life president partly because he now knows, because of the work of these great organisations, that if he is pro-life, he will win votes. And uh, that's only been made possible because they've been out there telling their fellow Americans about the pro-life issue, educating them, getting into the grassroots, putting things in their letterboxes, talking to them at their front doors. It's so important that we do grassroots work in Australia. And when we do that and we show politicians that people want them to be pro-life, wow, what a difference it makes. So that's been a huge insight for me here. And, you know, we're really learning how we can bring that back to Australia. Okay, well, in Australia, testing the waters, having what is now now becoming known as like a standing army of people, volunteers at the grassroots level who are ready to actually respond when the need is there to be able to take to the electorates uh, significant issues. And what's happened just this past weekend an initiative of the Australian Christian Lobby, uh, the Day of Action in electorates all around Australia delivering a flyer, which is a pro-life flyer, and a quarter of a million of those being delivered over the weekend. Uh, what's your report on how things have gone, Martin? Well, this is, um, this is where the proof is that uh, the things that we learn uh, in America really do work in Australia. I was here a year ago when I first met these groups that did this great work. I'm here a year later and uh, able to report to them that we've started to get uh, in Australia. And uh, as you say, Neil, uh, the way that was uh, seen or manifested in Australia was that last weekend, or this weekend just passed, uh, on Saturday we had a National Day of Action. Uh, and in that National Day of Action, hundreds of volunteers right across the country in every single state and territory went out into their communities with pro-life flyers that pointed people to a website which contained a lot more powerful material, and they went and put well over, well over more than a quarter of a million uh, flyers into the letterboxes of Australian people, inviting them to think again about the pro-life cause. That's a very powerful thing, especially when you consider that there's about 10 million households in Australia. So if we can hit a quarter of a million in one day on day one, uh, and we did, and it went off without a hitch. Uh, there's so much more that we can do on this front. And what we're doing is we're raising a standing grassroots army of uh, what we call activists for truth. who are going to take the truth uh, into their communities, change the hearts and minds of their neighbours, 
but also what that does is it changes politics, as we've seen here in America. Suddenly, you get people voting for these issues that we're telling them about at their doorsteps and in their letterboxes, and it changes things. And so that's where we're headed. This will be a permanent grassroots movement. We will be doing good and spreading messages of truth, whether there's an election or not, because this is a long journey and it's going to change people's minds on issues like life. So I'm excited about it. Our motto is truth made public. And it's no longer just about me doing that. It's about all of us as part of the movement uh, getting on and, 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 and being a part of that great project. As you say, elections are a way off. Uh, there's one coming up in the ACT later this year, year in October. There's going to be one in Queensland. Uh, we're a couple of years out from a federal election. So some people will say, well, isn't this a whole lot of activity right now that, uh, you know, isn't going to be for an election campaign. But I guess this is the key here with what happens with grassroots and days of action where you've got a standing army of people who are working on the real issues. The real work has to be done before an election is called. Uh, what are your thoughts for people who are thinking about perhaps getting involved and uh, the timing of this uh, right now, Martin? Well, that's the thing. We're putting in the groundwork now because during election campaigns, people see and hear so many political messages that they uh, all get lost in the white noise. Um, and also because this is not currently an issue which, um, which people really understand or, or, or know anything about. It's, it's, as Christians, we often assume that people have maybe a little more uh, concern for some of the issues we're concerned about than they actually do. So it's going to take time. This is, uh, this is a project that's going to be ongoing for, for quite a while. And it is really a matter of reaching people with truth. So these flyers simply said, every abortion ends a human life, which is an absolute fact. It's a fact of science. It's a, it's a true thing. Uh, it's a simple message to put into people's minds. You know, you could put out a simple message like, you know, a heartbeat at four weeks. You can put out messages like unborn children feel pain. You can start educating people about the horrors that are abortion gently, slowly, one step at a time, and we can reach the same people, you know, five times, six times, seven times over the course of a few months. And you do change them and you bring that issue into the front of their mind. And then come election time, you've done the groundwork, you've reached them, and you are going to change the election in a more powerful way than you would if you just waited for the two weeks before people go and vote. Uh, this is a bigger project we've got on our hands. I'm very excited about it, um, and uh, I think it has great promise well into the future, not just on the life issue, but on quite a range of issues. Uh, and I think uh, I said a while ago, you know, to make this work, we, we almost have to turn conservative Christians into activists. And I say that sort of in the best possible way. Um, and I wasn't sure if it was possible, but I've got to tell you, there's a lot of great people out there who have decided that they would like to put feet to their faith and be salt and light in their communities and uh, coming forward by the hundreds, which is fantastic. And no doubt there'll be a link on the Australian Christian Lobby website where those listening today might like to be a part of what's happening, find out some more, and then find out how you can be a part of that standing army, uh, ready to door knock, ready to do letterbox drops, uh, ready to be mo mobilised on the biggest issues that are facing the nation. So acl.org.au, and I'll give that website again in just a few moments. Hey, while you're overseas, Martin, uh, a few overseas things to draw attention to, another cautionary tale out of Europe where a Finnish politician is under police investigation for her public statements concerning Christian beliefs on homosexuality. What's the story there? 
Yeah, this is an incredible case. Uh, I, I dare not pronounce her name. It's, it's something like Parvi Rassanen, uh, and uh, that's probably terribly mispronounced. But she's a member of the Parliament of Finland. She has been since 1995, and she's been a cabinet minister in the past. Oh. This lady, though, she was uh, asked on radio about her Christian beliefs because she is a strong Christian woman. Um, and uh, particularly on the issue of same-sex marriage and family. And she replied uh, very well and very clearly to explain that, you know, homosexual lifestyle was outside of God's design, uh, you know, what she believed about marriage and things like that, you know, the usual answers, and expressed well. Um, and because of that and a social media post that she made as well, which, uh, again, there's nothing particularly troubling about it from our point of view as Christians who believe these things. And, you know, she, she expresses herself well. She's a politician. She's used to expressing herself well. She's, she's, she's articulate. Um, but as a result of that, uh, a, a criminal investigation has been uh, launched against her, uh, and she's being accused of a crime. Uh, but also they've gone further than that. They've opened up um, uh, some comments she made 16 years ago in a book uh, where she, again, in an articulate and thoughtful way, laid out the Christian belief on marriage and sexuality. So she's been interviewed by police on two occasions over quite a number of hours, as has the pastor, who has been interviewed by police for five hours, uh, who was involved in the publication of that book 16 years ago. And so in an age, a time when we're concerned about religious freedom and freedom of speech, there are cautionary tales coming out of overseas jurisdictions like this one, uh, which, you know, I want to keep drawing people's attention to, to say, look, these Scandinavian countries are a few years down the road culturally, and if we don't get good religious freedom laws now, particularly this Discrimination Act, which says you can make statements of belief without getting in trouble uh, with discrimination laws, etc., then we're going to have similar problems like this in Australia. She's under criminal investigation, and that's going to go to court, uh, at some stage soon. There is a lot at stake. And uh, one more issue, while I've got you on international issues, a British woman is sue, is uh, uh, suing the National Health Service in the UK uh, for not diverting her away from sex reassignment surgery. Now, this is an interesting one, given the, uh, the, given the movement towards this uh, in Australia. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, this is a really important case. Uh, this is a young lady, 23 years old, Kira Bell, um, and she's suing the National Health Service in the United Kingdom because when she was a teenager, she was a tomboy. Uh, and we all know what happens these days with tomboys. There's, there's a question start to be asked about whether or not she really was a boy. And uh, through uh, a whole range of uh, events and you know things, she ended up on hormone therapy. She ended up taking puberty blockers. She ended up in gender clinic counselling and all the rest of it. And uh, she's now 23, and fortunately she never went through with surgery and she stopped taking hormones and so on. And she's now extremely upset about the fact that as a teenager who was not able to consent to these sorts of things, and as a teenager who didn't know up from down and left from right, let alone whether she was a boy or a girl, and she was still trying to find out who she was, as teenagers always are, and was at a vulnerable stage in life, these gender clinic counsellors never, ever questioned her, stopped her, put any obstacles in her way or suggested anything other than what they call 
affirmative treatment, which is to say, if you feel like a boy, all right, we'll hold your hand and you're going to become a boy. And she's now suing the National Health Service. I think this is a really important case, really important, because this affirmative model, which I mentioned, is prevalent in Australia, the United States, Canada, Europe, where they're taking young children who, again, are still trying to find out who they are, who are too young to consent to having a tattoo under our law, let alone gender reassignment, they're taking them down a pathway of irreversible changes and they're doing so quickly. And so many people like Kira are coming forward and they're all saying the same thing. They're all saying, do you know what? Nobody stopped me. Nobody suggested to me that perhaps I wasn't a boy or I wasn't a girl or that perhaps there might be another way to handle this. And they're expressing deep regret and, and, and a fair degree of anger, which I fully understand. So this is a case to watch in the United Kingdom. And hopefully it will put pressure on our own health minister here in Australia to launch an inquiry into the affirmative action model and the way that it's being rolled out across Australia and affirmed even in curriculum in schools. I think this is really important. This is one to watch and one that perhaps we can talk about again uh, in upcoming weeks. These are huge issues. And Martin Niles, thank you so much for bringing us up to date today. And uh, you're in the US, you're in Washington, D.C. today as we're talking to you. You will have a couple of weeks to cool your heels, but as you say, they won't uh, they won't leave you sit and rest when you come home. Uh, you'll be involved in all sorts of uh, conferences online and such things, and uh, your role as Managing Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, a very important one, and uh, you'll be called on, no doubt, uh, to work very hard, even when you are in uh, self-imposed isolation when you're back in Australia. Martin Isles, the Managing Director of Australian Christian Lobby. Let me just give the websites for those who want to join that standing army of volunteers and uh, the call for being a part of this all over Australia. Uh, different electorates will be targeted at different times and uh, there was a very successful uh, operation over the weekend, the Day of Action, a National Day of Action. There'll be more of those. But here's how you register to be a part of that at acl.org.au. acl.org.au. Uh, Martin Isles, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.